Let's go. Let's go on a Thursday. We're back on the road. It's the Plank Show on the ref. Are my levels okay, Josh, or am I too hot? Are we good to go on a Thursday? We are hot to trot, as they say. You can never tell on this piece of equipment, which is which is frustrating, but I'm here. I'm happy. How are you? How was your witness day night on the eve of what is supposed to be a day of cooler temperatures and a little bit of rain? Thank goodness. And my witness day night was tremendous. Thank you. And how was yours? Did you hear what I had to go through yesterday? Were you listening to the crossover by chance? I was sitting in studio, but I didn't have the headset ah. on, so no, I I did not catch it. We, uh, my my daughter apparently has a boy that she's talking to at fourteen. She's fourteen years old. I'm very against this, but as you've learned, Josh, in my household, I do not make the rules. I don't wear the pants. In fact, I don't even. Basically get to do anything but work. My reward is my job, is what I've always been told. So with that, so th- ladies and gentlemen of, of the uh, Plank and Josh audience, you are my gift. So thank you. I'm grateful for you. But uh, she had a, a boy that actually texted me to get my, hold on, let me make, to earn my respect is what it said. Uh, yeah, I, I've been talking to your daughter and was just going to try to earn your respect. Gary and I can talk about this later. He's got a daughter. He, I don't know if he has to deal oh, with man. this yet. Yeah, but, that's, a, that's a lot right there. Here, look, how would you – Gary just walks in. This is how he replied. He's looking at the text message right now. So, yeah, I can't wait to hear what his thoughts are. He'll have some time. What, what time are you coming on today, Gary? Have you just- <laughs> I, I wish we had a live camera on Gary right now. <laughs> but, again, you know what? The, the part of me, Josh, that stood out was, like, the, 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 I guess the wherewithal to think, all right, I want to impress this girl by texting her father. So I thought, I thought that was actually pretty impressive, right? Yeah. What time do you want to come on and talk about this? Shocking, right? What time do you want to – what? You – 10 perfect. There you go. Gary Cave, it's 10 a.m. We'll go in depth on this. But I am, uh, I got to admit, I was, I was a little shook because at first I was, here's, here's the problem. Now, again, I'm, this is not me trying to sound big time or anything of that nature, okay? So just be clear. Sometimes when, when and, and, and I, I give my number out like candy for some reason. I don't know why it's just always been a thing. But it can usually turn into a, hey, uh, hope you're doing well. Do you happen to have any tickets? Right? That's usually what I get more. So that, to me, that's where I get mad about my number being doled out. But in the same vein, I didn't have a problem with this, Josh. The more I thought about it, I thought in today's age, that's pretty respectful. That is good. So what did you respond with? Oh, um, good, good question. I said, leave my daughter alone and don't you ever text back here again. I said, you're trying to earn my respect. I need my fence edged around. <laughs> um, my wife needs someone to ride with her to pick up her car. No, I'm kidding. I just basically said, man, you don't have to worry about that. You're 14. <laughs> Stop. You guys just chill out. <laughs> basically yeah, don't, don't worry. This probably isn't a long-term thing. So. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that uh, my relationships with 
Vicki Weber, Alicia <laughs> Long, and Heather Elif in seventh grade didn't really go anywhere. But um, y'all – well, actually, I guess my daughter's an eighth grader now. My eighth grade relationship with Tanya Ingold did not go anywhere, so I think you guys are going to be okay. But, yeah. Yeah, that's Fun probably day. not the right approach or response back. <laughs> it would be honest, though. Right. No, nah, I just told him. I'm like, you don't have to worry about that. You could, you've you got my number now. Text me. Now, here's what's going to end up New happening. New phone. Who dis? Yeah, exactly. Is they'll end up getting in a fight or breaking up or something, and then I'll have to worry. I don't even know if they're boyfriend, girlfriend. But I, I'll end up having to be that ear. Right. Yeah, no. No, just like her mom, buddy. You know, I'm having a... <laughs> I'm having an adult conversation with some eighth grader. It's uh, it's life, Josh. It's life. So, yeah, good time. I, I will say, you know what I did do to quickly get this back to sports? Well, twofold. I'm going to get into my obsession over one of the big stories from media days. But I sat and I watched a good five innings of the Mets-Yankees game last night. I watched Subway Series. Now, to me, I know that a, a Steve Marshall, if he's listening, or a diehard baseball fan like T.J. Perry or – Drake Dyken, they – oh, gosh, I got a text from Joel. They might look at it and say, you've watched five innings of a baseball game. You can't really sit there and pat yourself on the back like you watched a whole baseball game. My gosh, man. That's like those people that put the half marathon thing on the back of their window. It doesn't count. It's a half marathon, not a full marathon. It's a five – you watched five innings of a baseball game, not nine innings of it. But – I wish we had more Subway Series in baseball. <laughs> that was pretty awesome to watch, man. The, the, you yeah, had the drama of, of the pitching decisions that Aaron Boone made in the eighth. And then in the ninth, you had the walk-off. I mean, it was – dude, it was, it was some kind of atmosphere in New York last night. So kudos to baseball for capturing my attention. I would assume for Josh Helmer, last night was probably all about some Big Ten media days. Oh, yeah, still diving through that. Though, I was watching the Subway Series, too. I thought it was great. (laughs) You know what? This is actually a really good point by Joel Manning. Uh, My man, Joel Manning, who even though he despises me, uh, I I dig him. Sounds like your daughter is putting this young man to the test. If he's willing to raise his hand and text her father, maybe he's showing he's up to her, uh, up for the task. It's uh, wise words. From a very wise man. Huh. Didn't think of it that way. I just started thinking of all the chores I could get this kid to do for me around the house and none of my daughters do. Anyway, sorry, back to the point. Uh, but wasn't that fun? Wasn't that fun? I mean, I know you can't have that every night in baseball. I get it. And and I understand that I'm still, I'm still somebody that is in utter shock that baseball's all-star game ratings were as low as they were because, Josh, I thought the all-star game was awesome. But how can we – more of that in baseball well I mean I know the I know you need the we need the two first place teams and the biggest media market to go after each other every single night can we get that done can we get New York but in all seriousness that's that's the kind of juice we need from baseball on the regular right well one piece of the puzzle there is the the Mets are great this year and that's not always the case with the New York Mets but you look up and here they are they're they're Leading the National League East versus, you know, over a team in the Atlanta Braves that's your defending World Series champion. 24 games, over 500 sure. for the Mets. I mean, that's, again, typically 
uncharted territory for the Mets. Not that they haven't won World Series in the past or been good or played another World Series. It Typically, though, the Mets are that franchise in New York City that they're, they're the little brother, they're the franchise that can't get out of their own way, that whatever decisions they make in the offseason don't totally pan out for them. They don't spend quite as much as the New York Yankees. And here they are. This season, that's not the case. It's kind of everything that they've tried to make happen has worked out beautifully for them. So that's step one in this Subway right. series is that the Mets are really, really good. Yep, absolutely. Swing and a liner to left, base hit, put it in the books. Here comes Escobar. He scores the winning run. Marte slams his helmet down at first. The Mets have swept the Yankees. They have defeated them 3-2. to two. The Mets pour out of the dugout. They are mobbing Starling Marte to the right of second base. So that was fun. That was fun on ESPN last night, the Subway Series. Uh, between the Mets and the Yankees. And we got more, believe it or not, baseball in the top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino. We had a little shade thrown from Aaron Rodgers. We continue to be on Deshaun Watson. Watch, you notice the uh, those who have been throwing S off the wall with some of their reports, you could sense their frustration growing on Twitter last night with some of the, the Josina Anderson reports and Mike Florio. Listen, I'm not... I'm not trying to go told you so on this, but if there's been one point that I hope Josh and I have consistently made on the Deshaun Watson reports, not not the situation, not the accusations, not the allegations, it's that I don't think anybody knows anything, Josh. I think we're in a word or world where everyone wants to have some sort of source or some sort of inkling on what's going to happen here, but nobody really knows anything. They, uh, in fact, if you go back and you really, because I, this is what we do. So while you um, are, are grinding, we we grind for you in this world. Because if you go through with a fine tooth comb, some of this reporting, it is the the Browns are are expecting a source familiar with this type of situation, according to someone who reportedly saw the documents. A source familiar. Nobody has anything from Sue Robinson. Nobody has anything truly from those that are involved in this decision-making process. And in that, people are having to reach. You, it's, it's been a very, I'm sure, frustrating situation for those who have been forced to wait. But to me, Josh, I have no sympathy for anyone in this. I have no suddenly, Suddenly, somehow, either the Browns or or – the NFL have become somewhat of a sympathetic figure in this. Man, it's got to be tough for the Browns because, they, no, they knew what they were getting into. I have no sympathy for the NFL, Josh, because they knew 16 months ago what was going on here and decided to just let him stand on the sidelines and not play. I have no sympathy for I have no sympathy for Deshaun Watson in this. You, you're the problem in all of this. Now, we'll see what they decide as far as the personal conduct policy is concerned but when did this happen when we started to get this well you know it's got to be tough for the Browns good they made this if this was the Raiders if this were the Chiefs that did this I think we'd both feel the same way it's hey listen love to get a decision but I got no sympathy because you knew what you were getting yourself into it's like dating somebody who uh, is a cheater and and you date them and they cheat on you it's like whoa well no, you're part of the problem. You fell for it. It's your bad. But, I, I again, I'm not trying to get too deep here in, in comparisons. 
I'm just blown away with some of the narratives that I see out there right now in this saga. Know what you signed up for. And what you signed up for was you might get a lengthy suspension once it's all said and done with Deshaun Watson. He might not be playing at all this season. If uh, if you're the National Football League, why, why has there been no decision? So there's no sympathy, exactly. sympathy there. If there's no, any sympathy to be had, it's for – alleged victims in this saga and that's it the the Cleveland Browns no there's no sympathy there you knew uh why you had the big guarantee in this deal it was the only way Deshaun Watson was going to say yes and even if Deshaun Watson said yes it was no guarantee that he's playing right out of the gates for you or at all in 2022 and for Deshaun Watson obviously there's no sympathy there because look I mean, we, we don't need to run down the lengthy list of accusers here. No. No. But we we could, and it would take the rest of the show. So I, I've got that in the top five stories of the day coming up later on in the show and a few notes in hour number two. But, uh, listen, we're going to have to break before we get to really truly what I wanted to talk about in the opening segment. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, as the home of Sooner fans, at least hit what was – Apparently an incredible night last night in Norman. And, you know, the way when we were when we were at the Queens of the Palace event, when we were at the ladies football clinic, there was a lot of preparation, Josh, in addition to wanting to have the 212 degree foundation, have a massive introduction and raise a lot of money. There was a lot of preparation that was going into this event. You know, you could kind of. Read a few tea leaves, hear a couple conversations. There was a lot of excitement, um, but it looks as if the under the lights event last night for the Sooners, and maybe maybe we need to get Travis on later to talk about this. I don't know what he's up to today, but it, it is it's pretty cool to see the offers that have come from this. And to me, it looks like it was a much different type of an event than what we've seen before whenever it comes to camps like these. And we got Joey coming on at 11 a.m. as well to help us out. But uh, I'm just scrolling through Twitter, and I saw six offers uh, this morning. It it looks as if Makari Vickers, the cornerback, is in Norman, who has been a big-time DB target, who is apparently making his decision in late August. Uh, It, again... It, it's kind of interesting to think about where we were maybe like a month ago and where we are now, but, you know, it went from – it's kind of funny. I was, I was, I was knee-deep in recruiting talk yesterday too, just learning myself up, and I found it fascinating that this was a conversation in, in recruiting. And, again, I'm not pretending to be recruiting guru. I'm just a dude that talks about it on the radio. Uh, Parker Thune can attest to this more than I can. Uh, Travis uh, can attest to this a lot more than I can. Many others. I'm not trying to play the expert here. Uh, Joey can whenever he comes on at 11 a.m. this morning. But it almost seems as if, Josh, we went from a conversation that was centered around, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? Why are we doing it like this? Why are we making them wait to commit until, you know, they're not going to take any other trips? This is doomed. To now it's, well (laughs) – why isn't this the number one class now? I mean, let's go. Come on. Let's get up there. Wait, 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 why aren't we top five yet? Why haven't these guys been re, re-ranked, restarred by rivals? What's going on here? And it's just it's kind of funny 
to see how quickly this narrative has changed. And I'm sure there's a lot of tweets out there that were deleted and a lot of message board posts that were edited, if you can even do that. But it's just, it's really exciting to see. And I thought last night from everything that I saw on social media, it's a pretty cool event. They've got some serious momentum on the recruiting trail. And if you were in that camp that you had some concerns, forget about it. Brent Venables, this staff, they've got a plan, and they are operating that plan to perfection. It's going to be fun. going to be fun to see where this class winds up and what the, the future classes look like. I think the greatest thing about it is OU is a program out here that isn't playing by the same rules as everybody else in the sense that yeah, they've made it pretty clear that if name, image, and likeness is your end-all, be-all, okay, there's other programs out, out there that can serve you in that regard. And having said that, you've probably seen this making the round today, too. I'm looking at a tweet right here from Justin Broyles. Big team-wide NIL news dropping today. Going to need Sooner Nation's help. So I'm fully suspecting that anytime real soon we're going to be seeing some NIL news from uh, the – University of Oklahoma players. So it's not as though you come to OU and there's zero NIL opportunities. Obviously, if you're a star, you'll always have that individual opportunity. But this isn't Ohio State. This isn't Texas A&M. And OU's proving that even though they're not operating like an Ohio State or an A&M or, you know, insert school here, Oklahoma's recruiting the same way and just as effectively as anybody else. What, what do you think that could be? I think similar to maybe what we've seen other places to where you have a subscription of some way, shape, or form, and you get access to different player-led content, whether that's digital content or a discussion board or you know something to that effect, uh, members-only events. I know that that's something that has happened at Iowa and I think several other schools right. and it would make sense. And it's a, it's a great way if that's similar, if that, if something like that's about to get dropped at Oklahoma, it really is cool to, for, you know, not a huge fee, get a little bit more access to your favorite players. And if proceeds would go directly to players, if that's what's about to get unveiled at OU. Uh, okay. Then I, can, can I dovetail a couple dumb questions off that when we come back? Because, You've you've dug into this quite a bit because of Josh's work as the editor at Hawkeye Wire, right? I mean, you you've gone into the nuts and bolts of this because of what you've seen at Iowa, right? Yeah, I mean they okay. they, they just released uh, a couple of NIL collectives. So I, I I have questions. Can I? And maybe somebody that runs one of the collectives can help me out. But I have questions. Not bad one. Not, nothing negative. I'm not trying to be ants at a picnic or anything. But I have questions on this because it's exciting, right? But how do we decide which collective we sign up for? I mean, I've, I've already – there's there's the one Oklahoma, there's what Gabe and Dusty are doing, and then there's this. Am I supposed to – like? there's also the, the boom squad thing that Aaron Murray and, and his people are doing. I mean, which, which one do I sign up for? Good question. And, and – then in that, are these now where there's not a portion of the money that's going to someone other than the player? I mean, I have questions. Let's get into it next. I've already gone long, and we're obviously not going to get to the topic that I wanted to off the top. <laughs> but interesting.
Interesting, interesting, interesting. Let's get into it next. Plank Show's on the road, as we are every Thursday at Cavens Construction on the home of Sooner fans. Oh, I thought this was just Cage the Elephants at first. I was ready to get all fired up. Uh, welcome back into the Plank Show on the Ref. We are on the road at Cavens Construction. Hey, water damage can strike your property due to natural catastrophes such as tornadoes, hurricanes, or other phenomena. Strong winds, heavy rains, worse, severe Weather can sometimes result in flash flooding. Let Cavens Construction help your water remediation needs. CavensConstruction.com. Right here in Norman, OKC, Tulsa, and Dallas. Gary is coming up at 10 a.m. All right, can I, before I get to Dodger Blaine at 405-329-9000, can I ask three quick questions, Josh? One, two, three. You, Let's go, baby. Okay, here we go. Number one. Collectives still have to be separate from the university, right? There still can't be a tie between a collective and, and, a, and a school, correct? Correct, yeah. There, there okay. cannot be an official connection. Right. Okay, all right. Mary. Uh, number two, can a player be a part of more than one collective? And I only ask because when I saw the list of – I apologize, I can't think of – when I saw the list of the, the players that were on uh, Gabe and Dusty's crew strengthening Oklahoma, I then saw them doing things for other collectives as well. So are they allowed to do more than one collective? Sure. Yeah. It just okay. uh, the same way that for, you know, a, like any athlete ever for like an endorsement deal, just because, I mean, now – if your endorsement deal says you're endorsing Subway sandwiches, I mean, sure, probably you you're not going right. to be affiliated with Quiznos or whatever. But, you know, uh, I think beyond that, generally speaking, as long as there's not conflicts of interest, sure. Hmm. And number three, number three, maybe the most, I guess you could say, not. there's no such thing as a concerning question here. But the thing that's most interesting to me in all this is I I wonder if this is going to be what NIL is more about than endorsing products, right? Because early on it was, oh, did you see that – who was the quarterback for Auburn? Bo Nix. Bo Nix has a deal with this tea company, and DJ Oyungle has Dr. Pepper and Spencer Rattler. He's doing Raisin Canes, and he's got a car deal with Fowler and whatever it might be. I mean, I just – I can't help but wonder, Josh, if maybe – I don't know, is this more the future? And if if that's the case, is our post-game interviews going to be – uh, we're joined here in the locker room by Danny Stutzman. Danny, how'd you feel? It was great. I can't wait to go more in depth a little bit later on. Um, you can join me on my collective, uh, <laughs> or at the Oklahoma Collective. I mean, is that is that inevitably what we're we're headed towards? I I hope uh, it's not that. I, I hope that we still get access in the sense, and I would imagine that you know you and everybody affiliated on the radio side would, but. I would hope it doesn't totally bar, you know, the general fan out in that it's just a little bit extra, yeah, for the Danny Stutzmans or whoever's stars of the world on Oklahoma that if you want just a little bit more access to players that that this is that avenue. And I would say 
in general for the large majority of athletes and not just talking football players here, but, you know, basketball players and women's basketball and baseball, softball, every sport, gymnastics, that the way that this type of collective is set up, yes, will be the way of the future and the way of a lot of the NIL activity for a lot of these athletes that it's kind of subscription-based and goes right. directly toward the players. Love it. All right, uh, Dodger Blade. I feel good. And, yeah, they can be more than one. There's some that there's some collectives that might say, hey, we just want you to do this. But for the most part, I've, I've, in fact, I texted Gabe just asked him. He's like, yeah, we encourage our guys to do as much as they can. More money. More money. Uh, Dodger Blaine, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm awesome. The Dodgers are in first place. What could be better? I know. <laughs> I, with your topic this morning with your daughter and the boy. Oh, please I help. A, no, I, I just have a story about uh, my mom and dad's first date uh, in California, uh, probably 1949 or 50. She's 15 and he's 20. Ooh. He pulls up to the door and or to the house and <laughs> lays on the horn. The door opens and my future mother doesn't come out, but Big uh, Bill Hayes does. My grandpa, he could play Santa Claus without a fake beard or a pillow under his red suit. Okay, <laughs> he sticks up he sticks up his index finger and he wiggles a come here to my dad. My dad gets out and goes to the door. Son, if you want to take my daughter out, that's fine. But you come up and knock on the door and don't blow that horn again. (laughs) Yes, sir. So I guess maybe, Blaine, I should actually take this as a good thing that, or I could have gone like your grandpa did, right? I could have said, listen, you call me, son. You come by my house. That would have been hilarious. (laughs) Now, listen, if he drives up next week by himself, there's a problem. 14 years old. <laughs> no, that's anyway, good. My wife always hates Blake. Yeah, I appreciate it. My wife always likes to point out, too, that I am six years older than her. So, okay. in this instance right now, it would be like a 20-year-old showing up in my house. So, that's, um, oh. that's actually a pretty fair point. Well, he ended up taking my mom, which is highly illegal, across the border to Yuma, Arizona, and they got married at 21 and 16. So, yeah, that was highly illegal. But that's what they did back then. Uh, That was the good old days. Good old days. Thanks. Anyway, great show, you guys. Love it. Goodbye. Could Could you imagine? I'm trying to think. My... Now, my, my parents, everyone in my immediate family got married at a somewhat you know, normal age. And the, the age differences are like two years. But, I mean, I'm six years older than my wife, Josh. And whenever I'm in my 40s and she's in her 40s, it's not that big of a deal. But sometimes I'll be doing the math, and I'm like, gosh, that's just – that's messed up, Plank. What are you doing? Like, I imagine myself, you know, being – celebrating my 21st birthday – and then, you know, go into an eighth-grade dance. I mean, it, it, it's really, really concerning when you think of it that way, right? Concerning! Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm in the similar situation. I'm five years older <laughs> than my girlfriend. And every once in a while, it's, you know, small things. Like, you know, have you heard this song or do you know this movie? And I realize, oh, that's right. <laughs> that would have been well before your time. You, you are not familiar with that song or that movie. Yeah. 
A little bit alarming. Little bit alarming. All right. Um, it's nine thirty-five. Here's here's what I want to do. Hey, thanks for the call, Blaine. Thanks for the answers. I think I I think I found out what the ni the the nil deal is. It's coming down. Do you want me to ruin it, or do you want to wait? Yes. Is it close to what I was expecting, or no? You were exactly right. You're exactly right. So let's let's table that for a little bit. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be someone that's ruining any major announcement, but let's table that for just a bit, and when we come back, there was one constant from media days, and at least from the SEC and the Big Ten media days, and it got me thinking last night, and I want to get into it next. I haven't even checked the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439, so let's get going. On a Thursday, live from Cavens Construction with the Plank Show. This is why I don't get on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Because stuff like this is what just triggers me to no end. The only time I've ever heard anyone bash OU's recruiting has been on the ref. What? Yeah, it's because <laughs> what? we're probably the only station. We are the only <laughs> station in this market <laughs> that's really keeping dialed into what people are saying and talking about with Oklahoma football. And absolutely. I, I, I saw this text too. And All right, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm closing the text line. I'm not going to get the, the gloves out too much here, no, but me neither. Look, OU fans, there was a, I'm not saying it was even the majority, but there was a loud minority that was asking, Hey, what the heck? Why is the recruiting ranking? What it is. There were other fan bases and other sites out there that were saying, huh, does OU have a recruiting problem? So, yes, as recently as a month ago and two months ago, this was a big topic in the recruiting mm-hmm. world as it pertained to Oklahoma. This is not made-up, generated-for-air content from Plank and myself and the rest of the Ref Radio crew. Yeah, no. I'm not making things up. I'm not making things up. Now, things I will make up is um, my unabashed excitement for Raider football. That seems pretty made up, but here we are. Um, welcome back into the Plank Show. A couple of other quick ones here from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. So are all these NIL deals pre-taxed, or is there going to be a bunch of ex-college athletes in IRS debt? Um, how about this? How about I speak to what I know? Is that, isn't that the best way? Isn't that how you make yourself sound the smartest, Josh? is don't try to speculate on things and, and speak on what you know. <laughs> the The people that I've talked to the most about collectives are Gabe, Gabe and Dusty. And they've got their, they've got their collective that's out. And they're – I know this because – and we haven't had a chance to do some radio together for a while. Hopefully the Big 12 Network goes back to two shows here pretty soon on SiriusXM or my wife's going to get really mad. But – you know they're they're really working to make sure that everyone not only can make some money on this, but that they understand the financial responsibilities of it. Um, they've got sponsors involved. Um, they're paying out more money. They're paying twenty percent more, and they're making sure that on the tax side of things, everyone is getting that now. Like another. That doesn't make any sense. No one's getting hit, right? It's like you got to save. You got to be smart. I, I, I think 
you got to W nine it. I'll double check on that. I think. Um, so you you hold back, and you're. I think it's pre taxed, in a to spit it out in a roundabout way. That way, whenever you get done, you don't get hit with a seven thousand dollar tax bill or eight, nine, ten, whatever it might be. Probably would be significantly more with what they're making. But I mean, if you think about it, Josh, you have Barry Switzer's collective. You have what Gabe and Dusty have done. You have the Boom Crew. Um, whatever Broyles is announcing, which may be the Players' Lounge thing. So I, just just four there. And I think there's a fifth coming, too. I mean, there's, there's five different collectives right now that are committed to doing things to make sure that you can make some, some money off your name, image, and likeness. I think for... If I'm a Sooner fan, that's pretty exciting news. It's something that you just have to be in the market for right now in college athletics. You can't get left behind. You can't be slow on this deal. And we knew that collectively, uh, no pun intended, we knew that collectively the powers that be and those that are around here with Oklahoma football, though it's not directly tied to the university, those that care about this program they were going to do this the right way and have this set up with a number of different collectives that position athletes at the University of Oklahoma to profit off their name, image, and likeness. And for athletes that sign with the University of Oklahoma to be positioned in a competitive situation as it compares to all these other different universities. And Sooner Nation, we know, is going to step up to the plate and they will let their voices and their their wallets and their checkbooks be heard. It's 946 on the Plank Show. Let's get a break. When we come back, I, w- I want to get to the big story from Media Days. Gary's going to join us at 10 a.m., Travis Davidson at 1030, Joey Helmer at 11 a.m. We're pretty stacked for the rest of the show. So let's get our break in early so we have some time in our final segment to talk about what – what I think was one of the resonating stories from these past uh, four media days is the Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Crazy, crazy couple of days as we get set for. Now, it still hasn't been officially announced yet, right? But it looks like Tuesday for for media days, correct? Yes, according to what I know from you. <laughs> Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, I mean, I just – we're waiting on officialized confirmation announcements, and as soon as we get them, we'll let you all know. The goal is to be out there all show long, 90 noon on Tuesday. That's the goal. But we we shall see. We shall see. Well, keep the text coming, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Okay. If there were two things that seem to continue through SEC and Big Ten media days, two things that really consistently caught my ear and caught my eye, it was one, we're not done with conference realignment slash expansion in some way, shape, or form. Now, again, that's not to say it's happening tomorrow. That doesn't mean you're magically going to have 20-team leagues. You know, maybe in 10, 15 years, that's what – maybe in 10 to 15 years, they look around and realize, ah, we're good. And if you're 
Well, and, and, and then number two is that the playoff is expanding not just in 12 but maybe 16 teams. Why in the world would you need two power conferences for that? I mean, everyone's got a seat at the table, especially if, as Kevin Warren said, they're moving away from automatic bids, right, which is what the Big Ten or the SEC, they don't necessarily care for conferences having automatic bids. Though I would say my suggestion would be that I think if you get to 16, if you get to 16, then at the very least, it, I, I think four automatic bids for the top four conference champions might might make some sense. But I, I digress. So conference realignment or expansion doesn't appear to be done. And number two, the playoffs are expanding. Josh, I've done a 180 on this. I'm all in, man. I'm all in. And I, I, think, I think I'm all in at 16. I'm definitely all in at 12. I feel good about eight, but I feel like none of those hills are numbers that I'm willing to die on right now. I mean, think about this. Did you listen to Ryan Day yesterday at all, the Ohio State coach? No. I, I have okay. not heard Ryan Day's address okay. just yet. Ryan Day made it seem like Ohio State went 2-13 and 13 last year or something. I mean, <laughs> you would have thought by them losing to Michigan, that it was the worst thing that's ever happened to that program, right? But in a 16-team playoff, that Rose Bowl matchup, Ohio State-Utah, it's a first-round playoff game. Yeah. Right? Here, here let, me, let me. If I'm using the, the final college football playoff rankings for this, and again, I, I don't know if that's what will be used, but just think about what this would look like. On one side of the bracket, a first-round game, Alabama versus Oklahoma in Tuscaloosa. The winner would play the winner of Ole Miss-Oklahoma State, a game that would be played in Oxford. Could you imagine the atmosphere in Oxford, Mississippi, for a first-round playoff game? Ohio State-Utah. I think – hold on, I just had the rankings up in front of me. Um, I think that would be a first-round playoff game that would be in Columbus. Now, again – in a bowl game, in a Rose Bowl, which is the granddaddy of them all, Ohio State players chose not to play. Do you think that many would sit out if it was a playoff game? No. I mean, they're all playing. The winner of that game, that would play Cincy BYU, which I know for you spoiled brats is in two power five leagues right now, but that'd be a heck of a game. Your other side of the bracket would have a rematch. Of the first of the Big Ten championship game, which even though it was a blowout, Josh, would be a rematch between Michigan and Ohio State. Could you imagine a a, a playoff game in Waco between Baylor and Michigan State? How about Notre Dame hosting Pitt? Or, get this, Oregon having to travel to Athens to play Georgia in the first round. You don't need bowls. You don't need neutral site games. Put these games on site, and I think that's what's happening. So... Again, I know some people are like, wow, I want to play band. We get our ass kicked. Who cares? You're in the playoffs. And Ohio State had a terrible – Oklahoma had a bad season by a lot of our standards, most of our standards. But yet, sitting at 10-2, and two, they end up in the playoffs with a shot. With a shot. I don't know about you, Josh. 
when and and I heard Ari Wasserman talking about this a little bit yesterday. It it really kind of opened my eyes to, all right, this this could be pretty awesome, especially especially when you think about even. Don't give me well the New Year's Day six bowls matter too. The quarterback of the team that won the ACC championship sat out the bowl game, sat it out. The two best rece- well, they were heading into the game. Two best receivers for Ohio State sat out the bowl game along with many others, and it was the Rose Bowl. There's got to be higher stakes in these games. The emotion of it does not matter unless we put money behind it. And as it stands right now, I don't see the Rose Bowl tripping over themselves to share revenue with the players. They give them a cool little gift bag. So two rounds home sites for the higher-ranked team. Final four in a rotation of, what, three bowls just like we have now. Four-team playoff. When you get to the final four, dude. I suddenly got on board with this rather quickly whenever I put pen to paper last night. Am I crazy? No, you're not totally crazy. And, again, it just it solves a lot of the problems that college football is facing right now, which is the opt-outs of bowl games. It solves the outside looking in for respective conferences. And we got a good text here off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. If the playoff would include 12 or 16 teams, why would you need automatic bids? That's a fair point. Everyone that should be in would be in exactly. at that point, right? The seating may need some tweaking, but – and, hey, that's that's well said. I mean, everybody gets a seat at the table. That deserves a seat at the table in a 12 or 16-team playoff, I think. You, you do fight a little bit against the – devaluing of the regular season, but that might just be something you have to swallow at this point. Let's get into it more in depth next. It's Plank Show. We're on the road. We're at Cavens Construction on a Thursday. He's Josh. I'm Plank. At Josh on Ref, at Plank Show, at KREF Sports. This is the home of Sooner fans.